0: Are you really addicted to suffering? Do you really prefer negativity over positivity? And are suffering and negativity physiological? In other words, does your body crave suffering? And then your emotions and feelings and behavior simply follow suit? Is cortisol, that stress hormone, really more addictive than nicotine? On the Choose to Think podcast, I will encourage and empower you to engage and optimize your best thought life in practical, meaningful ways so that you can live day by day in joy, peace, and God's purpose despite all externals. This is Victoria, and welcome back to the Choose to Think podcast. I'm so glad you're here. Are you so comfortable feeling icky and crappy? that's okay to say, that it's all you know, it's all you want to know, and it's all you hope to know? Does experiencing joy really make you feel vulnerable and exposed? Hmm, great questions, huh? Well, I recently listened to a fascinating Kathy Heller podcast with Neil Pasrisha, I don't know how to say his last name, but before I go further, please know that I am not endorsing either of these individuals personally or professionally. To my knowledge, they're not Christians. Kathy, I know, is Jewish, and I'm not sure about Neil. Nevertheless, they are both brilliant in so many ways. They are well-researched and have a lot to contribute to the discussion of the importance of taking thoughts captive. I love so many aspects of their work, but I tune out the parts that don't reflect God's truth and biblical principles or that are secular or worldly-based. In their conversation, in this one podcast episode I was listening to, they spoke of the negativity bias and how as a species, our brain wants to keep our body safe, literally. And this causes us to play it safe in life in a general sense, to back away from anything that is novel or new or curious that may give us joy. They suggest that we are so used to playing it safe and enjoying feeling like crap that's their word that anything else feels horribly uncomfortable. Do you buy that? Okay, so I'm now going to share seven takeaways from this episode that I listened to and. The seventh one is the one that's going to make a great segue into Psalm 50, our target Psalm for today. Now, these particular tips and tricks and takeaways are general, but they're so profound and they have everything to do with how we want to choose to think when it comes to our health, our wealth and our purpose, our relationships, as well as our So here we go. Number one, get your body outside. Did you know that your kids only spend about 7% of their lives outdoors? That's the lowest in human history. The gas released by trees lowers cortisol and adrenaline. Now, when you get outside and when you encourage your kids to... Be sure to take photographs, be outwardly focused. It's a very tangible, physical thing to do, to start focusing your camera, your lenses, your eyes, your mind on things outside of you, because we've become a society that is so self-focused. We go outside and what do we take? Selfies, right? Train your brain to become outwardly focused and take photographs when you're outside. Enjoy God's beautiful creation. Also, when you're outside, get moving because physical activity beats taking antidepressants. In other words, the impact of physical activity and movement was far more effective at combating depression than taking a prescribed medicine. Think about that. Let that sink in. So get outside and get your body moving. Number two, we live in the highest zone of anxiety, loneliness, suicide, and depression ever in human history. The Surgeon General recently said that loneliness is the next big epidemic. So I would encourage you to find ways to be in a community. Join with others. Offer your gifts and talents to a group. Number three, read fiction books because it helps you to become more empathetic and compassionate and understanding. It increases your EQ, that's your emotional quotient. Allow your children to be creative and imaginative and to stand in awe, A-W-E. Join a book club. Number four, put down the phone. Admit your addiction to it. If you had a bottle of wine before bed, kept a bottle on your nightstand and drank a bottle of wine the first thing in the morning, Would you call that an addiction? Number five, get back on when you're trying to become better, but slip or you give up or you feel too overwhelmed. Get back on. Exercise your get back on muscle. Be kind to yourself. Number six, now this one starts with Neil's two-minute morning. He calls this a two-minute morning. Grab your journal instead of your phone and write down these three column titles. I give up or I release... And you're going to list two things that you give up or release. You can look at that as something that you're beating yourself up about. It might be something that you're confessing maybe you said something really harsh to someone. So you're going to confess that and then release that. Forgive yourself, ask God for forgiveness, make amends, whatever. You can create the whole scenario there, but be specific and give up or release two things. The second column would be ungrateful for. And this kind of ties into point number seven in our theme today. You can write two things, very, very specific things that you're grateful for. Apparently your brain loves a visual aspect on your gratitude. Don't just say I'm grateful for my spouse. Say something instead like, I'm grateful that my husband brought me coffee this morning. Okay. Do you get that? That conjures up something in your brain that's slightly different than the generic general, I'm grateful for my husband. Okay. So be specific, write two things that you're grateful for. And then the third column is I will focus on I will focus on, right, two things that you hope to achieve on that day. It might be, I'm going to work more on my journal devotional. It might be, I'm going to finish a podcast episode. I'm going to prepare a Mac Daddy dinner for everyone this evening. I'm going to go shopping. Whatever it is, two things that you're really going to put your attention on on that day. Because what you're doing by verbalizing this, articulating it, and writing it down is you're saying, brain, brain this is what our get to do list is today. This is what we're going to tackle together. This is how we're going to frame and point our day. And you'll be surprised at the results of that because doing this simple two minute morning routine will change the course of your day and your life if you consistently do it. And I will put the links to The conversation that Kathy Heller and Neil had, as well as Neil's website, it's really fascinating. Matter of fact, I read one of his articles there about, I think he called it a practice that he and his wife do every single night. And I thought, oh, I'm going to tell Jim about this. It's called Rose Road's thorn bud. And what you do is you, as you're going to sleep, you're, and you could do this even with a friend, you do a rose. And that would be something that happened that day that was really meaningful to you and that you're so grateful for. And then you do, and you share, each of you share, and then you do another one. So it's rose, rose. And it's something beautiful, something that happened that day, something that was remarkable. It could be simple. It doesn't have to be extraordinary, but something that happened in your day that would represent a rose, something, beautiful, something Awesome and nice and lovely. So you do rose, you each share, rose, you each share, and then you do a thorn. And a thorn would be maybe a goof up. Maybe you didn't get all the stuff done that you wanted to get done that day. Maybe you did bark out at somebody. Maybe you did cut in line. Have you ever cut in line? Or maybe you did take the advantage, like on the pickleball court. Sometimes I so badly want to play and I'm thinking of myself that I'm like, okay, how can I get in? I need to get a tell even gym. I'm like, okay, we need to arrive at least 10 minutes early because everybody's going to come at four and only four people get to play at first. So I want to be among the first. Oh my gosh. I hate to even say that because it sounds so selfish. It is. Those are things that might be a thorn. So rose, rose, thorn, and you each share two things that you Kind of would like a do over on and then bud. I love the way Neil did this little analogy. So the bud would be something in your life in the future that you're looking forward to. Like, gosh, I can't wait to spend time with the grandkids making Christmas cookies this year. That's going to be a bud for me in the future. And isn't that a, isn't that lovely imagery? You think of something that you're growing, something that's going somewhere in the future, something you're investing in, something that you know will develop as you go. I just absolutely love that. So, in fact, after I heard the interview with Kathy and Neil yesterday, I went to his website and discovered some of those things. So it was just so much fun to be there. I think you'll really love him, or at least parts of what he actually shares and that you'll find quite beneficial. So you want to start with what he calls the two minute morning. It only takes two, two minutes. So you do a, I'll give up or I'll release. I'm grateful for And I will focus on that would be for your day that day. And then the last one, number seven is gratitude. Neil called it a bicep curl for your brain. I love that. He quoted a study about a group of people who wrote down 10 items they were grateful for each day versus a group of people who wrote down items of hassle and frustration. And then at the end of 10 weeks, those who had kept a gratitude journal were happier and physically healthier. He emphasized that if you are keeping a gratitude journal, research suggests that you must be specific. Don't say something like, I'm grateful for my spouse. I I mentioned this a moment ago, didn't I? But rather say, I'm grateful that my spouse cut the grass yesterday. Um, I'm so grateful that my mother called because it was just at the right time. I needed to share something with her. This type of specificity riles up a part of your brain called the amygdala. Now, the amygdala is known as your quote emotional brain. It integrates emotions and emotional behavior and it sends the fight flight signal to the hypothalamus. Visualizing the specific reasons you are grateful will activate the areas of your brain, these particular ones, and help your brain to grow. Okay, so this is the segue I'm going to use to drive home the point about giving thanks, thanksgiving, praise, sing bless. Those words are used hundreds of times in the Bible. Now, this is what Spurgeon, Charles Spurgeon says, and he's referencing Psalm 50 or Psalm for the day. And he says about, he says, praise is the best sacrifice. True, hearty, gracious thanksgiving from a renewed mind. Oh boy, that caught my attention. It's not the lowing of bullocks bound to the altar, but the songs of redeemed men are the music which the ear of Jehovah delights in. Sacrifice your loving gratitude, and God is honored. And he quotes this, and to him that orders his conversation aright, will I show the salvation of God. He says, holy living, is a choice evidence of your salvation. He who submits his whole way to divine guidance and is careful to honor God in his life brings an offering which the Lord accepts through his dear son. And such a one shall be more and more instructed and made experimentally to know the Lord's salvation. He needs salvation for the best ordering of the life cannot save us. But that salvation he shall have not to ceremonies, not to unpurified lips is the blessing promised, but to grateful hearts and holy lives. And that makes a good division of this Psalm that we're going to read. You're going to see that it's talking about having grateful heart and then leading a holy life. And I think, you know, when I, the word sacrifice, Sometimes that's a negative to me in my brain. I'm like, oh, I feel like I sacrifice, I sacrifice, I sacrifice, like I can't give anymore, like it's the last straw, but here God is talking about a sacrifice of praise and a sacrifice of thanksgiving. Is it always easy to do that? No, but there is extreme and great reward when you do. God loves that. He loves that your mind is turned to him. He loves that your mind is looking for things in your day for which to be grateful. You know, I just saw a Dave Ramsey video today about telling how if you own a car, in a home. And if you make an average income, I think that, I think it was something like $24,000 a year that you live in the top 1% of the world's population. And wouldn't you count that as rich? Yet sometimes we think, oh, I don't have enough money. I'm comparing myself to all these people who do. I don't have this. I don't have that. I want, I want, I want, I don't, I don't, I don't. And it makes us so extremely, extremely unhappy when really we're among the wealthiest people who walk the face of this earth. We've got to shift our focus. We've got to come back and understand just how much God has provided for us and to us and what he has done for us. And that shift in our attitude and our focus is called one of thanksgiving, one of gratitude. And God loves it when you do that. He loves it when you thank him, when you look for things in your day for which to be grateful, when you notice those small things When someone gives you a kind word or a smile, you notice that, you respond to that, you're grateful for that, and you shoot up a prayer of praise and thanks to the God who made you, to your creator, to the one who really sacrificed everything, including his very son, so that you might be able to develop and have that same gratitude, that same muscle, that bicep, bicep curl of your soul so that you could turn around and flex that muscle toward God. So, oh, it's just so good. So good. I wonder, are you grateful? Are you living a holy life? Now, about this particular Psalm 50, it's written by or dedicated to the known musician named Asaph. You'll see about 12 of the Psalms of the 150 of them that are in his name. This Psalm 50 is where the Lord summons all the earth to listen, and it's basically divided into four sections. God tells us the type of worship he accepts. He accuses the ungodly of their ungodly behavior. He speaks threateningly of what he will do as a result. And lastly, he graciously guides the listener. Now, Tim Keller divides this Psalm into a demonstration of two types of religion. He says superficial and hypocritical religion. Let's listen to the psalm, and I'll meet you on the other side with a special prayer from Dr. Keller so you can make a practical application of this psalm to your life in another way. Psalm 50, the NASB version. The Mighty One, God, the Lord, has spoken and summoned the earth from the rising of the sun to its setting. Out of Zion, the perfection of beauty, God has shown. May our God come and not keep silent. Fire devours before him, and a storm is violently raging around him. He summons the heavens above and the earth to judge his people. Gather my godly ones to me, those who have made a covenant with me by sacrifice. And the heavens declare his righteousness, for God himself is judge. Hear, my people, and I will speak. Israel, I will testify against you. I am God, your God. I do not rebuke you for your sacrifices, and your burnt offerings are continually before me. I will not take a bull from your house, nor male goats from your folds, for every animal of the forest is mine, the cattle on a thousand hills. I know every bird of the mountains, and everything that moves in the field is mine. If I were hungry, I would not tell you, for the world is mine and everything it contains shall i eat the flesh of bulls or drink the blood of male goats offer god a sacrifice of thanksgiving and pay your vows to the most high call upon me on the day of trouble i will rescue you and you will honor me but to the wicked god says what right do you have to tell of my statutes and to take my covenant in your mouth for you yourself hate discipline and you throw my words behind you when you see a thief You become friends with him, and you associate with adulterers. You let your mouth loose in evil, and your tongue harnesses deceit. You sit and speak against your brother. You slander your own mother's son. These things you have done, and I kept silent. You thought that I was just like you. I will rebuke you and present the case before your eyes. Now consider this, you who forget God. Or I will tear you in pieces, and there will be no one to save you. He who offers a sacrifice of thanksgiving honors me, and to him who sets his way properly, I will show the salvation of God. And this is the word of the Lord. To summarize the lesson for today, I'm going to recap those seven points, those general tips to motivate you for change today. Number one, exercise. And if you want a list of 14 things you can do today in forms of movement, go back to episode four, part four of the Brain Power series that dropped just this past Monday. It's all about exercising your brain. Get outside because movement and fresh air will help you change your perspective and it will beat depression. Number two, find ways to join others and stay in a community. Start a book club using the newly revised Choose to Think devotional. I know several groups who are doing the devotional right now and they're so encouraged by the teachings and the practical applications in their lives. They are super jazzed because they have others in their circles to run with and do life with and encourage one another. Don't miss this devotional. It's on sale right now through December 15th, twelve. 99. Come on now, buy one for you and that friend. It'll be a gift that keeps giving every single day, 365 days in the year. Number three, read fiction books to become more compassionate and empathetic. Get your eyes off yourself. Number four, examine the hold your phone has on you. Are you addicted? Try going screenless for a day to see the difference this makes in your outlook and your attitude. Number five, be kind to yourself when you goof up. Number six, put into play Neil's two minute morning using his journal prompts. And number seven, Show gratitude. Give thanks to your creator for all the wonderful things he has done. You will be so much happier and healthier when you do. Remember I said he divided it into superficial religion and hypocritical religion. So I'm reading from his book called The Songs of Jesus. He wrote that with his wife, Kathy, and it's a year of daily devotions in the Psalms. I'll also put this link in the show notes. I just love it. I did it a few years ago with my daughter-in-law. Great thing about devotionals is that you can keep doing them over and over and over again. You can drop it for a year. My sweet daughter-in-law, Brianna, and I have done, I think, three devotionals together. We could easily go back and do those again. So once you purchase a devotional, like the Choose to Think devotional, you can use it again and again and again. It's never a once and done because God teaches you different things at different times. And you may have missed something in the reading, or maybe it didn't apply to you in one year, but then two or three years later, you're like, oh my goodness, I needed that. Okay, so here's the prayer. Lord, I cannot give you anything without remembering that both the thing I am giving you and even the desire to give it to you are both from you anyway. I can never put you in my debt. Because of what Jesus did, I am not my own. I'm bought with a price. Let that insight rid me of all grumbling and self-pity. Also, Lord, I may not be committing theft or adultery, but my tongue does gossip and shades the truth. I confess that I am simply not changed enough by the great truths of the gospel that I profess to believe with all my heart. Show me the specific gaps between my faith and my practice and empower me to close them. Amen. and friend if you can think of anyone who would love this episode would you please share the link with them would you just tag me on social if you share it on on social media i would give anything if you could write a review for me on on apple podcasts some of the reviews were when i first started the show and apparently you get You gain traction somehow when you have more reviews. So if you could write a review of the devotional on Amazon, if you could write a review of this podcast on Apple Podcasts, I would forever be grateful. And please let me know if you do. You can shoot me an email at choose to think at gmail.com. I would love to hear from you, the listener. Be sure to get on our newsletter list. You can jump on over to the website, choose to think.co. That's choose to think.co with the number two. Opt in to the newsletter there. I'd Generally, put something out maybe two or three times a month. That's all. I won't bombard your your box that way, but I would love to stay in touch with you that way as well. And just a reminder that I do free mentoring sessions every month 60 minute sessions just to chat. Generally, the only thing I ask in exchange is that you will write a little sentence or two about your experience doing that and how helpful it was to you to overcome perhaps toxic thinking, to help isolate some mindsets and attitudes that are not godly, to get you pointed in a new direction, to find hope for your future, to kind of dream a little bit. And, and, you know, I just offer you a third perspective on a life situation. I'm booked up for the month of December, but you can, I'll give you my calendar link if you're interested in that free coaching mentoring session as a certified Christian life coach. I'm equipped professionally to just chat with you and to observe certain things about your mindsets, your emotions, your feelings, and your thoughts in ways that maybe you hadn't considered before. So I'd love to just walk alongside with you in your personal journey at, you know, gal pal to gal pal. That's the way I look at it. You grab your coffee, I'll grab mine, and then we'll just chat for an hour. I would so love to do that. So please stay in touch and enjoy these next few weeks before the holidays. And if there's anything I can do for you, please let me know. I'm here to serve. And until next time, you keep living your best thought life. God bless you. It's a wrap, Brain Changer. And until next time, Dios primero y que Dios te bendiga. Ciao.